0: I was first introduced to Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing in the 5th or 6th grade during one of our many, many lessons on Shakespeare. For context, I'm from the Shakespeare capital of Canada. You can't miss the guy. He's everywhere. And I remember we went crazy over Dogberry, a character played by Michael Keaton's line, I am an ass. Yes, peak humor is in the 6th grade classroom, and it it always has been. It's just how it is. Join me, won't you, as we look back on the 1993 adaptation of a Shakespearean classic. You're listening to The Rewind, with Raiden Brodhagen. Much Ado About Nothing was directed and adapted for the screen by Kenneth Branagh and it tells the romantic tale of Hero and Claudio, lovers at first sight, and and then the more than stubborn pair, Benedict and Beatrice. Will they? Won't they? Will Keanu Reeves get in the way? I am not of many words, but I thank you. I wasn't too familiar with the original play before watching, so I didn't know. How much of the film diverted from the source material. Again, I hadn't seen the movie since before my voice cracked. But upon rewatch, uh, there was one specific scene where the women and the men are separately uh, bathing and changing and get, getting ready for the big get-together, and uh, I wasn't expecting to see everyone just so naked, I mean we watched this in school. Anyway, I'm sure it didn't change the story too much. Rana utilized both the words of the script and the eye of the camera to stage a version of Much Ado never seen before. There is a lot to love about this movie, from the welcoming cottagecore tone of the beginning to the dance number ending that was just way ahead of its time. Isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Uno, dos, this comedy of errors garnered $43 million worldwide. Its initial budget was only $8 million second only to 1968's Romeo and Juliet. The 90s loved Shakespeare, and you can see his inspiration all throughout the decade. Just look no further than The Lion King. Long live the king. Brana's intention with making Much Ado was to reach as much of the new generation as possible, and expose the mainstream movie scene to Shakespeare. The 90s tested how modern moviegoers would feel about the Bard's writing. Beginning with Much Ado About Nothing, followed by Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which updates the setting to present day while keeping the iambic pentameter. Then in 1999, Ten Things I Hate About You adapted Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew updating the writing and getting rid of ye old English. I will bite my thumb at them, which is a disgrace to them if they bear it. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. Shakespeare was the first sitcom writer, I'm just sure of it. I thoroughly enjoyed the game of getting Benedict and Beatrice together. A plethora of rom-coms, Pride and Prejudice, and even Bridgerton were all influenced by their banter. The whole script utilizes physical comedy really well, like Benedict uh, setting up his chair and there's Dogberry pretending to be on a horse in every scene. The movie really picks up around the halfway point when Claudio is tricked into thinking Hero was being unfaithful. Would you not swear Before you can see her that she were made by these exterior shows? Theatrical plays really shouldn't be adapted to film, should they? I mean. The two mediums make for great storytelling, but they exist in completely different realities. The main difference is the audience's perspective. In a play, the viewer is able to look at whatever they want, whenever they want. But in film, directors place the camera where they want you to look. Brenna and his team Hold off a seemingly daunting task, and it went on to be one of the most successful film adaptations of Shakespeare's writing. I had rather hear my dog bark at a crow than a man swear he loves me. God keep your ladyship still in that mind, so some gentleman or other shall scape a predestinate scratched face. <laughs> Although Much Ado About Nothing is very faithful to the source material, the time and setting of the story are left kind of vague, for the casual viewer to watch without any homework on the side. For example, all the men in the film are dressed in military attire, meant to resemble the general time that the story was written in. The women are also dressed in pale, flowy dresses that suggest an Elizabethan setting, while their hair and makeup are completely modern. Come hither, Leonardo. What was it you told me of today? That your niece, Beatrice, was in love with Signor Benedict? Much Ado was filmed entirely in Tuscany, Italy. This setting adds a beautiful aesthetic to the film. In the play, you as the audience member would be called on to imagine the setting outside of the stage. Modern actors have been bringing Willie's plays to screen as far back as Laurence Olivier's Hamlet, but this movie showcases the most star-studded cast of them all an array of popular and rising stars of the 90s. I just love Much Do About Nothing. Oh, me too. What are you, 17 in that film? I think it was 18. I was like 18. 18 and a half, maybe. And you're holding your own among, like, Kenneth Branagh and Denzel Washington, Emma Thompson and Keanu, Keanu. Reeves and, uh-huh. and Michael Keaton's in there. Yep, and it's... it was the worst first job to have. The banter between Benedict and Beatrice is such a highlight of the film, Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson were married at the time, making the chemistry on screen just that much more believable. A post-point break and pre-Matrix Keanu Reeves steps on set, coming fresh off of Dracula the year prior, you can see his role as Jonathan Harker bleed into Don John throughout the film. Come to think of it, I can't remember the last time I saw Keanu Reeves play a villain. So this was just so fresh and fun. Unfortunately, his performance wasn't received all that well. He actually won the Razzie Award for the Worst Supporting Actor of the Year. Tough luck, old chap. I am not of many words, but I thank you. And then there's Denzel, always in character as Don Pedro. Coming out of Malcolm X with Philadelphia opening December of 93. In this interview, Denzel shares his experiences on set and bringing Shakespeare to film. He's trying to make it a little simpler for the audiences to understand, you know, so, they, so that they don't go to sleep or, or even worse, not show up. Uh, trying to whet their appetite, I think, to the language and to, and to the genius of Shakespeare so that maybe they want to pick up a book. And... Halfway through the movie, we're greeted by the presence of the one and only Michael Keaton as Dogberry a sly scoundrel that could have just as well been the blueprint to Jack Sparrow just 10 years later. His performance is really interesting as he adopts a Scottish accent, but still has all the jumpy Keatonisms that we have grown to know and love. The less you meddle or make with them, why the more is for your honesty. Emma Thompson, the charismatic Beatrice, would earn two more Oscar nominations within the next year. She also won Best Screenplay for writing the adaptation of Sense and Sensibility in 1995. As I mentioned, she undeniably has chemistry with her co-stars, but she also carries her own a lot in this film, showing us she's got the chops. But all good things must come to an end, because this was the last film Kenneth and Emma would work on together. Why? Oh, you know, Kenneth cheated on Emma with Helena Bonham Carter during the filming of his Frankenstein film. Let's talk about the Branna in the room. Much Ado About Nothing was his fourth film as director, and his second shot at Shakespeare after Henry V in 1989. As I mentioned, he went on to adapt Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with quite the scandalous production behind the scenes. Today, you can see his flair for the dramatic in Marvel's Thor from 2011, and more recently, Agatha Christie's mystery novel adaptations. This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! (laughs) Again, Brana cut a lot of the historical references from the original, so the casual viewer wouldn't be alienated by the broader world of Shakespeare. This decision made the film feel more like fantasy than a historical period piece. In an interview with uh, Baltimore Sun, Brana had this to say, I wanted the film to reflect how relevant and contemporary Shakespeare is today, and as much as possible. I wanted the costumes to be rather vague. My most abysmal British accent just for you guys. <laughs> I mean, in the States, it's difficult enough to get people to read, period. But to read Shakespeare, you know, and like you said, unless you almost have to, or to watch it, you know, when we, you know, we're in a society that, you know, all we have is ax murderer movies and, you know, all that's kind of trash. The cinematography isn't anything groundbreaking, but the setting alone lends itself to some really beautiful shots. One of my favorite sequences was when Benedict and Beatrice confessed their love to each other. The shots fade in and out of each other like a music video. It's a gleeful, cute, slow motion moment that was so funny, absolutely over the top, but I loved it. Don't Swear and eat it. I will swear by it that you love me and I will make him eat it that says I love not you. Phyllis Dalton designed the costumes for this movie and she worked on several of Brana's films. This one ended up being her final work. She had this to say to the LA Times. You were maybe expecting to see it in the Shakespearean period. No. Ken Brana has quite a lot of strong ideas on the way things should look. This year, Much Ado About Nothing celebrates its 30th anniversary. It's a charming piece of 90s nostalgia that I had a blast rewatching. Apart from a few 90s hallmarks, I think it holds up fairly well. I'm Raiden Broadhagen, and you're listening to The Rewind. Come join me next month as we smash and break down the walls of Ang Lee's Hulk from 2003. Big, big thanks to Collider.com, Frockflix.com, Nosweatshakespeare.com for all of my research. Thank you to LoFi Architect, Big Bad Beats, and The Deli Jesus for all of my music. And most importantly, thank you for listening.